Welcome to Whitefields Church Podcast. Our focus is to help you grow relationally, emotionally, and spiritually. I hope you enjoy the message. I am so excited. Just to want to touch on just the last couple of weeks, everything has been happening. And uh, last week, um, we had, had a friend of mine, uh, Casey from Pasco, Washington, ministered to us here. Uh, the Lord moved powerfully. I know some, you know, we had an option to, if you'd like to come get prayer and you did, maybe you weren't sure and that's fine. We kind of, we always like to keep that open for everybody. And uh, the Lord moved powerfully, the Lord delivered. There were some salvations. The Lord delivered, the Lord healed. God performed miracles. And I'm telling you, God is, what God has prepared for us, <laughs> for this church and what he has spoken over us for many years it's just, I see this coming to light now, and now moving into the new realm with confidence with where God wants us to be. So I'm so, so thankful uh, to be able to follow up on uh, what God is doing, and I believe the Lord laid on the heart to give this message for a lot of us, and it's uh, incredible. Uh, last, a uh, few weeks ago, we celebrated our amazing moms, and that was incredible. We got to pray over them, and I touched on it. I spoke on it called Empty But Plenty. Yeah. That message spoke a lot, I believe, to mall moms, uh, but also believe it spoke to all of us. And that's what's so amazing about the Word of God. It's just a two-edged sword. It can go anywhere. It'll touch everybody. Sometimes you're ministering and stuff like that, and somebody comes up to you later, they're like, you said this one word, and it, and it just spoke to me. And I'm like, I don't even remember saying that. <laughs> but praise God, they'll catch on. That's what I'm saying. Sometimes God will just send that one word to unlock, and it just will just, whoa. Lord, I got it. I finally get it. That's how it works. It's incredible um, to be in the presence of God. So the more we spend time with the presence of God, the more we get to know him, the more a lot of, uh, the deeper our relationship gets with him. Amen. So anyways, Father, happy Father's Day to everybody. Very thankful. Um, very just thankful for all that God is doing in you. Uh, dads, you are not just uh, Nobody. I want you to know that the society specifically targets always the heads. It's, that's the, the, the case. Because we know if we, for example, in any situation, you take out a, um, you know, uh, a leader. You know, in the scripture says, you know, if you kill a, a shepherd, the sheep will uh, scatter, right? And so he always goes for you, gentlemen, fathers, because there's so much potential in you. God has so much potential in you. And you are made for time like this. You are made to lead for the time like this. Don't allow the society to tell you that you're nobody, that you are a man for this time, and that God has given you a father's heart for this time. Amen? Hallelujah. So open up John chapter 20. If you don't have your cell phone or your physical Bible with you, uh, John chapter 20. I'm going to read from 24 through 27. Now Thomas, one of the 12 called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples, so this is after resurrection, right? So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see in his hands the mark of the nails and place my finger into the mark of the nails and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. Eight days later, his disciples were inside again. and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. <laughs> Although the doors were locked. You see how Jesus just knocked in through a door that was locked? Come on. 
Verse 27, then he said to Thomas, put your finger here and see my hands and put out your hand and place in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. Amen. So the title of my message today is When in Doubt. When in Doubt. <laughs> you know, uh, second title, or my original title was, but I didn't want to confuse you all, and uh, I had was The Faith of Doubt. I know it sounds like an oxymoron, but it, you will, it will make more sense later today, I believe, as I share. So the faith of doubt, meaning the faith aspect of a doubt, okay? But we just call it one in doubt, okay? So Father God, let's open up with prayer. Lord, I just thank you for this time. And Lord, we honor you. We worship you. Lord, I pray that today, Lord, you would speak your word, Lord, to us. Father God, that we touch every heart, every person in this place, Lord. You have destiny for them, Lord, you have prepared a way for every person in this place. Lord, we thank you. Speak to us. And all God's people said, amen. One of my greatest memories growing up is as a child is just, I think my parents had a gift of hospitality. And I'm so thankful that I got to inherit that because it's incredible. <laughs> Seriously, it was just a feast, you know. When Sunday comes, I mean, the day before, I mean, the food's being prepared. My brothers were cooking and sisters, you know, I have young memories. I was, I was a kid in Uzbekistan, and I remember we would set up the food, and uh, we weren't. I'm still little. I was not allowed to go in a certain room. You know, there was a room that's designated for the day after uh, where all the food was placed and things like that. But I loved uh, on Sunday, we'd come after church, and we would feast together. We'd have various yeah. people come, some people that were not, un, you know, were unbelievers, and it was just incredible. It was just a house of hospitality. And so when I think of our Father in heaven, when I think about God and the hospitality that he provides for us, right? He says, come to my table. Feast at my table on my love, my joy, my grace, amen, my compassion. And God is known for his beauty in hospitality and how he invites us in. He says, all of you, come, right? His door is always open. I love it. It is always open for us. But unfortunately, in our times that we're living in in society, there are some closed rooms in the midst of hospitality, right? God's hospitality is big, I want to say that, and it considers all of our shortcomings. Scripture tells us, right, all of us have fallen short of God's glory, right? So, but as Christians, we closed off certain rooms, rooms that we think that we cannot go in as a Christian, okay? These rooms are usually marked by the areas of unbelief and doubt, Okay? I'm going to go there. <laughs> we have this dynamic that if you're a Christian and if you got unbelief, if, we, if you got doubt, don't you go in that room, right? Don't you go in there, Mufasa. <laughs> it's just like, don't you dare sit at that table of unbelief. And it forces us into this posture where we take our doubts out of the hospitality of God. I want to make sure we understand that. So when you're doubting, the Lord says, hey, just bring everything, but we're like, no, uh, the doubt doesn't go inside, alongside with faith. I'm just going to leave it out here because nobody doubts, and I ain't doubting. And you just kind of get this impression that I'm like, oh, this is, I have an unbelief. And so we do something even worse. We pretend that we don't have them, okay? It's very important for us to hear that word today. One of the worst postures you can take with the theology of God is to fake it till you make it. Right? I, I did my own version one time. I said, uh, faith it till you make it. If you're going to say that phrase, say faith it till you make it, right? Um, 
but fake it till you make it. That may work in some areas, but with God, the very essence of our call is to show up authentically before God, right? Just like I am. <laughs> Bad week. <laughs> Can't believe I lost it, you know, and it snapped up my kids, whatever it may be. Or just went and just said something, and then later I'm like, man, why did I say it? I want to get to this next passage, and dads, I want to dedicate this passage to you because you can be so authentic and open with Jesus, even if you're not sure about things. Because we're pretty good at putting on a good confidence, and it's like deep inside, like, I have no clue how to fix that. It can happen with some dads. Some dads are tech savvy, some are not, whatever it may be, okay? And maybe you're in your life like that, right? Not a dad, you're a mom. Your wife, you know, you're wherever you're at. But I love this passage and this dad, how, how he came authentic before him. Luke chapter 9. And the reason I did this story, and it's the same story, but I'm going to use Luke and Mark because Mark expands a little bit more. So first, Luke chapter 9, verse 37 through 39. On the next day, when they had come down from the mountain, a great crowd met him. And behold, a man from the crowd cried out, Teacher, I beg you to look at my son, for he is my only child. And behold, a spirit seizes him, and he suddenly cries out. It convulses him so that, the foam, so that he foams at the mouth and, shat, and shatters him and will hardly leave him. And the story continues. And the reason I want to jump to chapter, uh, Mark chapter 9, it expands more. And they brought the boy to him, and when the spirit saw him, immediately it convulsed the boy, and he fell on the ground and rolled about, foaming at the mouth. Just what a just powerful scene. And Jesus asked his father, how long has it been happening to him? I love that. Even Jesus, even he knows all things, but isn't that amazing that he always interacts with us? And he says, how long has it been happening, right? Um... I apologize, I just lost. And Jesus said to him, if you can, all things are, um, let's go back. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, if, if you can, all things are possible for one who believes. Immediately, the father of a child cried out and said, I believe. And here's the key verse, help my unbelief. Verse 25, and when Jesus saw that crowd came running together. He rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, you mute and deaf spirit, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. And after crying out and convulsing him terribly, it came out. And the boy was like a corpse. So that most of them said, he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up and he arose. Hallelujah. <laughs> what I love about the story, Jesus is like, I can heal your son, dad. But do you believe? <laughs> and I love dad's response because it's just so authentic. And I'm talking about how you can come before God. But I love he says, yes, I do believe. But help my unbelief. What? Like, what is that? Dad, you just contradicted yourself, right? I believe, but help my unbelief. Where you at, right? So he says, I believe. And in the same breath, he says, I, I help my unbelief. So what he's trying to tell us is that belief and unbelief can dwell in the same house, okay? 
Um, it can sit at the same table. It can sit in the same mind. And I relate to that. I relate to that. You know how many times I was like, yeah, I believe. And I'm like, I'm not sure, Lord. Help my unbelief. Speaking out loud today. Um, yes, there are some things I believe. Yes, I have hope. But I see this dad saying, I've seen some things happen to my boy that caused me to question your goodness. Okay? We can see that he was a believer. Okay? We just read how this boy was just tormented by demons, right? And it would just throw him into fire or into water. I mean, think about the, and that's what demons do. And that's what the spirits do. They try to just come steal and destroy you. Amen? So, can you imagine being that dad, though, in that position, seeing your boy just this traumatized, this terrorized, and you cannot do anything about it? You just can't. So the dad says, yeah, I have hope. I've seen some things that challenged my faith, things that I can't make sense of. Maybe today you're sitting here and you're thinking, yeah, there's some things. I'm saying, I've been questioning, asking God. It's that thing. I know Jesus didn't cause bad things to happen, but he allowed it. In his sovereignty, he allowed it. Yes, I've seen you remove cancer from somebody. For example, I've seen you know, somebody say like that, but in my family, you didn't. You didn't remove it. God, in your sovereignty, you allowed it. And some things are hard to swallow. And you can, if you're being transparent, you say, Lord, I struggle with your sovereignty. I've asked these questions before. And the things that you allowed to happen in my life, in those moments where I didn't know. So I can't show up like I'm all in. Lord, yeah, I'm all in. I believe it. In one sense, I am. But in the other sense, I'm not. Okay? So how do you process that? Right? I believe, but help my unbelief. This story tells us that Jesus says, come on. You can follow me with your doubts. You can follow me with unbelief, okay? You know the best way to wrestle with God is with God. <laughs> wrestle with him, right? People hit doubt sometimes, and they want to leave the church right away. But that's not the time to leave God, right? Your problem is with him, <laughs> amen? So the best way to process it is with him, amen? Because when you process it with him, you will discover how much less he's interested to answer to your prayers. Yes, I said that. <laughs> like, think this is a depressing message. Yes, he's much less interested in the answers to your prayers. I'm going to continue, and you will understand. We put a really big deal on God answering our prayers. As this is coming from my heart, and I'm telling you, we spend a lot of time trying to get the right answer from God. Guilty of that. Some of us got it all listed out. I like to say that we have like, like a Christmas list, right, that we list off. <laughs> I want that, I want that, I want that. And you're waiting for God to fill in your blank, okay? Um, and God is saying, what if I'm not interested in filling in your blanks? I remember struggling with math um, <laughs> growing up. Really, I did. It was a difficult subject for me until later I found the right teacher, <laughs> It's amazing what teachers can make, how much of a difference, you know, you can make in a child's life as a teacher. But I remember struggling with math, and in uh, and one divine moment in middle school, I was doing my homework, <laughs> and my book fell over. 
and it landed on open side up to the back of the pages. Okay, some of you might remember that, right? The, the times where they started putting the answers to the back of the book. Uh, literally every answer, you can go and just look at the answer. So um, after I discovered that, after I received that revelation, my homework game went through the roof. I mean, my game, meaning my, you understand. <laughs> I was killing it, meaning I was doing incredible with all the right answers, right? And my math teacher, I remember Mr. Hayes was like, Vic, can I see you after class? And I was like, yes, sir. You know, the confidence that I had because that's what A students do, you know? You get to hang out with your teacher after class. I was just so confident. He said, Vic, I've been noticing that you're getting all the right answers. But, uh, and he's like, and I interrupted him. So, well, I'm glad you noticed, right? Uh, and I had an earlier, I realized I had an earlier pastoral gift, obviously, because Pastor Mark notices somehow. Uh, and I was like, you know what? No, no, no. It's actually a testament of how good of a teacher you are. I just completely just like, just you, you know, I can't wait for a teacher of the year award. I'm going to make sure to, you know, talk about Mr. Hayes and make sure you're getting that reward, you know, award that they do every year. So you should get teacher of the year award. And he said, Vic, I've noticed you're putting all the right answers and it's important, but I've noticed that uh, you're not showing any work. It's literally just, boop, answer, filled in the blank, right? And I said, huh? Like pretended like, what? I already knew what was happening right there, but I was like, what? Um, and I love how he said, he's like, Vic, I'm actually much more interested in your process, understanding the problem, right? That's much more valuable to me than your answers. I'm looking for your journey. I'm looking, uh, I'm not looking for your answer as much as I'm looking for your journey to that answer, right? It's amazing how leading up to this message, Lord brought that up from my middle school and I believe God is saying to us today, um, I'm way less interested in your answers and much more interested in our journey together, okay? Because that shows me, the Lord says, that shows me your comprehension of my grace and my love and what I'm doing through that process. I'm not interested in filling in your blank or in your journal I'm interested in filling your life with my presence and my purpose. I want to walk with you. I want to develop you through that problem, right? If we just received all answers right away, just in our own life, you know, boom, we would not develop any character, strength. So a lot of times we're looking back at something, we're like, oh, that makes sense. Or Romans 8, 28 only makes sense after you go through it, you say all things work together for good. And that time I was struggling, but looking back, you already went through that test, and then next test comes, and that's what develops your character, just like it is in physical aspect. You've fallen many times as a kid growing up because you're learning how to walk, and as you're getting older, you're falling less, but you already have confidence. You're building your muscles. So with faith, that's what works, and the Lord works all things together for good, those that love him, amen, that are called according to his purpose. So there's a purpose in your pain. Two Ps, remember that, okay? Purpose in your pain. He says, bring your unbelief, however you are, right? I want to walk with you through this journey. If you're doubting, bring that. Let's process it together, right? Bring your questions before him. I love Thomas leading up. I read it in the beginning, right, about Thomas. They called him the doubting Thomas, very popular. Um, out of all disciples, and I'm thinking, we should doubt like Thomas. Thomas always gets a bad rap. Did you notice that? He's just like, yeah, 
Um, we talk like he's the only one that was doubting in that room. <laughs> all the disciples had the doubts. They were all locked up in the room like, Jesus is gone. What do we do right now, right? He's just the only one that had boldness enough to speak about it. <laughs> just like, I got doubts. It's like, if you don't guys have doubts, why is the doors locked, huh? I can just imagine him just like, hey, why are you not walking around freely? So they were all scared. What's going to happen? Then Thomas, in the middle of them, stands up and says, I got doubts. And they're like, oh, Thomas, I can't believe you say that. <laughs> the best way to doubt is in community. Community, doubt with people that love Jesus too. People that went through deaths, went through struggles, went through the pains and struggle of not knowing what to do in that situation. That's the incredible thing about the body of Christ. Okay? We all have shortcomings. We've went through difficult things, and, but there's something amazing about it because we get to help each other, right? That's what the scripture tells us, not to forsake the fellowship of believers. That's because this is our strength. This is the bride of Christ. This ain't just a building of just random people. Yes, we're all random, but we have something in God. We got faith in the Lord, right? You have the fire of God. You got the grace of God. Oh, trust me. You want to talk about problems? I can list you. I'm not even that old, but I got a lot of problems that I went through. But guess what? The grace of God brought me through all those things. Amen. He will always, God, the Holy Spirit will always make sense of that situation. It's there. We just have to listen. Amen? So, here we got Thomas, right? And I love this about Thomas. He, in his doubts, he wasn't looking to get away from Jesus. He was actually looking for Jesus. You see that? Right? He's like, literally, I got doubts. Where you at, Jesus? That's what he says. Right? So, he was so specific to it. I love that. He's like, I need to see the holes where they were marked. I need to see that gash, you know, on the side, wherever. How accurate is his doubt, <laughs> right? Bring all that doubt before the Lord. In my spiritual imagination, I see Jesus being restored to his glorious body, right? Like angels are ministering and, uh, because he makes all things new. And the angels, I can see just, this is just my imagination. That's how I read scripture, <laughs> And angels are ministering to him. They're putting everything together. And then they get to his hands and his eyes. They're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And Jesus is like, hold up, hold up, hold up. Uh, not that. <laughs> leave that. <laughs> In fact, leave both of them open here. Let's give you an extra gash so he can see. Leave, leave this open, right? And like, angels are probably like, well, what, do you, what do you mean, Jesus? What? what? He's like, Thomas. <laughs> you know, Thomas, you need some proof. <laughs> In fact, leave both of them, right? Come on, let's leave this a little extra here. So this encourages me to know how much God knows us, how much he pays attention, even those little doubts, even the most of struggle, right? And I love that when Jesus shows up, he's like, here, Thomas, I made a way for your doubts. Look at him, right? I got grace for your doubts, son. I already thought about you and the doubts you bring. I already made a way for you, Thomas. Already made a way for you, and God is saying that to you. He made a way for that, right? So when you come to God, bring your doubts, bring your unbelief, because we got a God who already made a way for them. Amen? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So in the book of Exodus, we see Israelites' journey. We all know about it. Uh, they came out of the bondage of Egypt and Pharaoh. They've been literally guided by the hand of God through this whole process. Like literally guided through Red Sea, <laughs> right? Just, and walked across to the other side. So when, shortly afterwards, 
So God has done so many amazing things. But shortly afterwards, we see Moses goes up to Mount Sinai, right? Where God literally engraves 10 uh, commandments into tablets. That's, by the way, that's the original root of download from the cloud. <laughs> Just throwing it out there. They, they didn't create any of those ideas. They got those ideas all from God, right? So while Moses on the mount getting a download, right? Got, the Lord has given him, talking to him, and he speaks. Um, and they're just like, huh, all right, let's wait. I don't know how long that period was. But it was enough that they're like, okay, it's taking too long. By the way, what do you do when it's taking too long when you wait for God? What do you do when God's timing isn't your timing? Hmm? But we know what happened next. They said, Aaron, build us a new God. We don't know what happened to ours. You know, God just like continuously just showing him one thing after another. You walk through the sea, you know, the sea swallows up his enemies, the, the Pharaoh and his army. And like, we need a new God that we can control and push around. Hmm? So we talk in church about a lot of times, or we sing songs about when God shows up, right? And we have a lot of these Red Sea moments when you need a breakthrough on Tuesday at 12 o'clock and God shows up that day at 11.59, right? We talk about those things. When you prayed for healing and you received it right away, we, when you needed a financial breakthrough and it happened right away, right? And it happened next week, whatever. But then I think about what about all those songs where we didn't receive right away, right? When we felt, we sensed that God didn't show up. I'm pointing out when we sensed that God didn't show up, right? You're never gonna let, never gonna let me down, except this one time. It should be an album of <laughs> hymns of the real life struggles. When you walk into the room, I don't see changes. I'm just talking out loud. Maybe you've been there, maybe you haven't. Come on. About where you prayed and nothing happened, right? What do you do with God who does his own thing? Who goes off the script? Who refuses to do your to-do list? Yeah? Who refuses to surrender his will to yours? You're like children of Israel, right? We're like, we replace him. They said, we don't know what happened with God. Let's just replace him. Build us a new God, Aaron. Come on. Build us a golden calf. We want a God that we can push around, eh? that we can wiggle around. We want a uh, God that can, we can dictate where he goes and what he does and how he shows up. You ever wonder where the idea of the golden calf came from, right? We know that. Perhaps you don't, but it's from Egypt. It's from the past. So Egypt had... Lots of gods for different things. If you read through them, they had a god of sun, god of this, god of for everything. Like we have today nowadays, technically, right? You look at it, just there's aspect to fill in every need. Like, oh, yeah, turn to this, turn to psychic, turn to this. So although they came out of Egypt, I like to say that Egypt didn't quite come out of them, okay? Uh, Egypt was still in them. There was something that they refused to part ways with, Okay? So sometimes that's what happens. We enter in the presence of God, and we get to something. We're praying. We're like, come on, God, what's going on? But God is like, you're still refusing to part ways with certain things. And I believe the Holy Spirit's reminding you that today. Amen? 
So what they did is, when as soon as God did some things in different ways, they reached for something familiar rather than turning to somebody who has been faithful all along, right? So as soon as God did something different, didn't answer their prayer in a certain way, they reached for something familiar. And now, before we judge them too quickly, I think it amazes me how quickly Egypt rises up within us sometimes, right? Michael, where you at? Let's do this example. Just because somebody started to, I saw somebody's eyes closed. We got to have a seat, brother. <laughs> Can everybody see him? Okay. His eyes were not closed. <laughs> Michael, you are God. Wow. Can't believe you say that. You're going to portray God, okay? We say, you are worthy of it all. He's enthroned, right? Say, you are worthy of it all, okay? So this is what we do. We just say, Lord, we just thank you. You're on the throne of our lives. And we just say, hallelujah. Things are going well. Things are so awesome. Praise God, man. Lord, you're just amazing. You're amazing. High five. We make a great team. Come on. Yeah, I want to, to make sure everybody can see you, right? We're just awesome. Like, yeah, this is good, Lord. You're awesome. This is awesome. Oh, my boss called in. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Oh, Lord. Okay. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. I, uh, I don't know what's going on, but uh, what's happening? Uh, Lord, I don't know. Uh, am I getting a write-up? What's going on? Did Mark Schmidt calling me for a write-up? I don't know. Uh, Lord, Lord, I need you. I need your guidance. Oh, it's a bonus. It's a bonus. Oh, I'm getting a bonus. Praise God, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. This is good. As soon as things get comfortable, oh, this is good. You, somebody might be, you know, going through, like, seeking for somebody, um, for a soulmate or something. Lord, I need, I'm getting lonely. Lord, Lord, I need, I need somebody in my life. Lord, I really need somebody in my life. Wait, let me tell you who I like first, Lord. <laughs> I like Sheila. I'm just going to use a name that's not in here. Sheila's nice. Sheila's, she's cool. She's, she's pretty. I like Sheila. Lord, just bless me with her. Bless her. Oh, hallelujah, Lord. Sheila's cool. I like Sheila. Sheila's awesome. Sheila's cool. <laughs> Sheila's great, man. I'm liking where my life is going. It's pretty cool. It's very comfortable. It's amazing. Oh, <laughs> Sheila's crazy, God. Sheila's crazy. Lord, rebuke Sheila. <laughs> Get her out of my life. Okay, that's enough examples. Give it up for Michael. Look familiar at all? I noticed that. In my own life, too, how many times, as soon as things get difficult, all of a sudden, I'm just like, Lord, be in And I've seen it in my own in lives, in my friends' lives, in my family. It's like somebody's going through a difficulty. Maybe a child got really sick. Uh, maybe somebody's going through a divorce. And all of a sudden, I mean, they're seeking God. God is enthroned in their life during that moment. As soon as things taper out, you get comfortable, you're just like, we're good, God. Thank you so much for helping me. I really appreciate you. I'll call you on you whenever I need Right? So, <laughs> so we say, Lord, we want you to be on the throne of our lives, but we're quick to move you out. Hmm? This relationship with God Almighty is not a negotiation. Right? It's not a co-ownership. God requires full surrender. It's not a partnership. God requires a full surrender. Amen? Yeah. 
He says, I want to be completely enthroned in your life, Vic. I want it all. The Bible says they reached for gold, right? That's what it tells. But they were longing for God deep inside. Think about that, right? So the question is, what are you longing for? And what are you reaching for? And do you know the difference? Often we're longing for intimacy, but we reach for pornography. We're, reach, we're reaching for money, but you're longing for the security that can only be given from God. Amen? You're longing for peace, but you're reaching for pills. See what I mean? We're numbing ourselves, and we're thinking, Lord, if I can just get through this day. How many of you said, I've said that before. Lord, if I can just get through this day, Right? And we, we put something in us to just replace, to just, but the kind of rest you're longing for can only come from God. There's certain things in your heart that despite of what you do and how financially secure you are and, and how whatever you have it going on together, there's something within you that only God can fill. Amen? That's why some people go from one relationship to another. They just think, if I can get somebody to hold me, right? If I can get somebody to comfort me. But you're longing for comfort that can only come from God. Amen? Right. Only he can bring that healing to the innermost part of you. Amen? So you're longing for peace, but that true peace can only come from God. We, I love that peace. Peace that kind of gives you the ability to sleep in the midst of a lion like, like Daniel, right? Yeah. Amen? It's the kind of peace. That's why Jesus was sleeping in the back of the storm. The storm is raging. And Jesus is like, ah, oh, this is going to be a good nap, right? And then they wake him up freaking out. Lord, what's going on? What? Right? But it's the kind of sleep that you're allowed, that you could sleep in the middle of two soldiers knowing the day after most likely you're going to be executed, right? It's in the book of Acts. Or it's the kind of sleep that Paul and Silas in the middle of like just in the innermost cell of the dungeon of this uh, prison, they're worshiping God. Philippians 4, 7 says, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. It surpasses all understanding. It will guard your hearts and your minds. Where? Where is that peace? In Jesus, right? In Christ Jesus. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds. In Christ Jesus. Only in him. Amen? So what do you do when you're in doubt? You reach for him. Right? And today I pray that our longings, what we're longing for, right? And our reachings for what we reach for, that they will collide in the collision to remind you to know that you are made to long after God. Amen? Yeah. Psalms 27.4. This is my last passage here, last two passages I got for you. One thing I have desired. So let's pay attention to this. Can we get that? There we go. Awesome. One thing I have desired, so that's your longing, pay attention. One thing I have desired of the Lord that I will seek after, so that's him reaching, right? That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Scripture says you are the temple where I live in, right? God wants to reside in you. So what you are desiring for, but what are you reaching for? 
You're allowing the Lord, when you behold the beauty of God in your life, when you acknowledge him in all of your ways, you're allowing the Lord to shape you through every circumstances in your life, every situation, amen? And God says, come to me, just as you are. You got frustration? You got doubts about your husband? You got doubts about your wife? Bring those doubts before me, amen? You're doubting if you're a good father? You're doubting if you're a good mother? You're doubting if you're doing the right thing, whether uh, you handled that last situation properly. The Lord's like, I got room for that. I got room for all your shortcomings here, man. You know, we often think that, and I said that earlier, and I said that with a couple of my leaders this morning as well. We often think that doubt is opposite of faith. But what if I tell you that doubt is a starting place for faith? Hmm. You don't, if you don't believe me, I'll, you talk to an atheist. Do they doubt if there's God or not? They don't. They're so sure about it. They're like, God is not there. I don't even think about it. I don't bother it, right? But the fact that you have a doubt in the situation is telling me that you got belief. It means you're still wrestling. Reach with him in that moment, right? Reach with him with that doubt in that situation, amen? And he will hear him say like he did to Thomas. I've been waiting for you. Here it is. Vic, come on in, Vic. Come on, bring it in. Look at this. I made a room for your doubts. I made a room for your shortcomings. Amen? The Lord, I believe, is saying, like, put the book, put the back of the book away, right? I want you to know me first before you'll receive those specific answers. Yes, there's times where God answers. How God does things is beyond our understanding, okay? But when you walk with him, you will have that peace that transcends understanding. You, you will know that the Lord knows all things. I mean, think about all the specifics he thought about Thomas. It was just like, nope, that, I'm going to do this. I'm going to show you, Thomas, that even for you, I have covered it all. I love you so much. Amen? Amen. Let's stand to our feet. Hallelujah. The Lord is saying, I believe I want to know you. He's telling your name. He's calling you. He's saying, my ways are above ways, Vic, right? It's time for my presence. It's in his presence where we experience his peace and joy, not in the circumstances, not in the answers, right? But because it was never found in the answers, it was always found in his presence. Look at this last passage I want to read over you, Jeremiah 33.3. Very easy to remember. Jeremiah 33, call to me. Again, it's talking about reach to me, right? Not for the answers. Don't just go to the back of the book. Reach for me first, right? And I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you don't know. All that stuff, the in-between stuff, before your answers, the middle of where your doubt and pain is, he says, I will show you all those things, right, which you don't know. So we'll say to the Lord today, I trust you and I reach for you. And if you have a doubt if may have, you have may have prayed for many times for healing, never happened, but I believe today the Lord has delivered that word for you, for your doubt, to know that he knows it all. He knows it all and that you can actually come with your doubt and with your shortcomings, amen? So today, if you have doubt, if you need your, just say, Lord, I just need somebody to pray for me. You will just come forth. We'll pray for you. We have the front row. We'll just have people pray for you, lay hands on you, okay? If you need healing, God will heal you. He will touch you. He will 
do that for you. He's here right now. Amen? If whatever, if you're, if you're doubting in your situation, if you're doubting, if you need prayer over marriage, over your relationship, a situation at work, bring that before him. Amen? He's here right now. He's here to touch you. Amen? Father God, we thank you that you spoke to us, Lord, that you've delivered this word for us, Lord. I know you are moving us, Lord, into the greater things. But, Lord, you are touching and covering all bases, Lord. Your grace is sufficient to cover all our needs, Lord, all our struggles, all our doubts, Lord. I pray that today would be a place of renewing our covenant with you to say, Lord, be seated on the throne of my life, Lord. Not just in the time of trouble, but Lord, at all times, that my praise, Lord, will be continuously, Lord, lifted up to you on my lips, Lord. You are enthroned in the praises of your people, Lord. Today, we just say, Lord, have it your way. Have it all, Lord. You deserve all the glory, Lord. And we know, Lord, you are touching every heart. If there's anybody doubting, Lord, today, Lord, you're moving on his heart right now. Holy Spirit, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we sent your word and you healed them. You said that you delivered them. Lord, we thank you that you always see us, Lord. You know us, Lord, before we were formed in our mother's womb, your scripture says, Lord. You know us from far away, Lord. Father, you know before we sit down and stand up, Lord. And you know all those situations, Lord. If there's anybody struggling in their marriage, Lord, I pray today there'll be a renewed covenant Lord, that they would bring all that doubt, unbelief before you, Lord, between the husband and the wife, in the mighty name of Jesus, in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you. Let's take this moment just not to be in the rush. Don't worry. Just pray a little bit more. Please come forward. We all have people pray for you. I'd love to pray for you. Um, there's a reason we pray for each other, because the scripture tells us. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. Please make sure to subscribe to our podcast. If you'd like more information about our church, please visit our website, whitefieldsalaska.com. Thanks again for listening, and may God bless you today.